talking all things Georgia here on the UGA Sports YouTube channel. I'm not Paul Meharry. He's off doing something family-related, probably Thanksgiving, or maybe he's just chilling. I don't know. Joined by Eddie from Rackworth here, Andy Stowe as well. They're always on the show. I usually pop in five minutes at the end of it. Um, and guys, I know we'll have David Johnson. He just popped in into the waiting room. We'll bring him on in just a moment. But uh, th this is y'all's show. I'm just kind of here to hang and drink what Paul calls this uh, spicy water, my topo mm -hmm. water. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here to hang with y'all, talk dogs. We can talk Braves. Uh, Falcon Saints was both good and bad, I guess, depending on what you think. So, mm -hmm. uh, Andy, where do you want to steer the ship, buddy? Well, I mean, if we got David here, let's say let's just go straight into UGA. I mean, that's a, this is the biggest week. I don't know. With the Bama thing, you're still hearing all the, well, it's still Bama. So I think, you know, I think that's the biggest thing going right now. All right, well, before you before you bring him on, Dane, I want to say thank you for sitting in Paul's seat there. And I would say you have massive shoes to fill, but we try not to lie on this show. And I know on Paul's best day, he probably wears a seven and a half, maybe an eight. So really not that big, you know. I'm only five foot eight, so you can kind of, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm still but, I'm in that same size. Thank you, Dane. How tall do you think I am, Andy? You never know on YouTube. I've seen you walking down the street, so you're uh, about three inches taller than I am. So you're like you're like five eleven, aren't you? I'm six three. Okay, that's oh. what I figured. I figured okay. you're my height, six three, I mean, you're six a good four. Good, yeah. Okay, I remember yeah. seeing you walk past the the track one day. This was like three or four years ago. So. Oh, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was out there. I was trying to watch practice, and then they start yelling at me. So uh, good, good on you. We, you know, if, if you ever give me the intel, I, I'll, I'll say please creep on. Um, all right, well, here's what I'm going to do, because I, I've listened to 960 The Ref enough. I'm going to bring on David Johnston here. But, Eddie, I'm going to let you do the intro here, because I know they love walk-up intro and songs, and you're one of the regular callers. So, intro our friend, David Johnston. David Johnston, my friend, welcome. Thank you so much for your time. I will go ahead and introduce you if that's okay, Big Dave. Um, I forgot to give you a walk-up song. I oh, yeah, that's all right. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, I don't know that legally we can do that on YouTube anyway. Yeah, they'll probably pull it. Yeah, I think that gets I mean, you can see down. it. If I, I yeah, it. yeah. But David, David Johnston's uh, nice enough to join us tonight to give us his thoughts on all things Georgia. Um he is the host, along with Logan Booker, on 960 The Ref from 6 to 10 every day, Monday through Friday. Um, you can listen, obviously, in Athens. I listen on the app. The, they have a great app or the TuneIn app. I use that as well. He's also host of the Bulldog Friday Nights with Dax Langley. You can hear that pregame. What is that, Friday night, 6 to 8, right, Dave? That's right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And he's also the voice of the UGA baseball team um, and does a great job there. He also hosts the Athens TD Club, right, and does a lot of good interviews there. So uh, yep. tremendous stuff. Dave is a man of the people, and uh, he loves the Bulldogs just as much as we do. So welcome, Dave. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Eddie. I appreciate that. Dane, great to see you. Andy, great to see you Thank as you. well. And I'm looking forward to tonight. And I apologize a moment ago. I was sitting here waiting, and then Eddie texted me. I was like, oh, I need to enter the room. So I had been just sitting here <laughs> wondering what was going on. Modern technology got the best of me again, but I, I made it. So glad we, to be here. We and uh, you if your tech skills falter in like the 7.30 p.m. time, because yeah. what you do every morning, man, to be on and ready to like do a show at 6, it's hard. I, I, I don't know if everyone realizes it, but four hours just being on, yeah. Exhausting. Yeah, it is. It well, is. thank you. I appreciate that. And for today, I even I even took a nap and uh watched the uh, as I mentioned on Twitter, I watched the Falcons just for you, Eddie. And that will uh, put you to sleep. Watching the Falcons will put you to sleep. <laughs> and that's the that's the thing, Andy. The nap wasn't during the Falcons game. I actually what? stayed wow. away from that. Well yeah. done. Well done. Because well, I always make the joke that I've never seen the second quarter of a Falcons game because, you know, usually you eat lunch and watch the first quarter and then fall asleep for the second quarter and see the, the second half. But uh, today I actually saw the second quarter as well. And there were some times I wish I hadn't, but I know you can. But it was a good win for them. I know it was yeah. a good win. Yeah, yeah. Win. But well, I don't um, want to talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. by the way, last night was a good win too. Yeah. A very good win. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear, your initial thoughts about the game last night, David. Well, well, I mean, Georgia was down several on offense, and it made a big difference. And it was just – and Tech came out – Tech's improved. I mean, I think we can all agree yeah, on that. Sure. It's not, not the Tech team we've seen 
the last uh, five years or so, but they're definitely better. And, and King gives them a chance when he's when he's running the ball. He had thrown 15 picks this year going into the game, mm-hmm. and I thought we'd get him a couple of times. But he kept his composure and, and did a good job. I still feel like though, when it got to 31-13, Georgia just kind of uh, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take this to the house and get ready for the uh, for the Bama game. That score, and I know the score counts, but it was still. Uh, the game was a little more lopsided than than yeah. the final score was, but it was still. I thought it was a, a great win for the dogs. Go over there, there, and the and the one thing we've seen this too, where Georgia gives up another. You know, Georgia falls behind again, and then that got their crowd engaged, and then they stayed with it for for a for a while. Even though I think there were still, I wasn't there. More Georgia fans than Tech fans, from what it sounds like, but still they. Uh, you know they were fired up. This was one of their games at uh, at Bobby Dodd that they're not playing at Mercedes Benz or they're not playing in Ireland or wherever they're going next year. So you know they they had a, a, a true home game and they they um, didn't embarrass themselves this time. And the TV the, the announcers on TV kept pointing out how there was more red and black in the stands than the tech colors. So. Which is how many straight years has that been? I mean, that's usually the case. There's yeah. usually a group of Georgia fans that buy up the season tickets to Tech just to make sure they have sure. their game because usually it wasn't much more expensive to do it that way. I don't know if that's still the case, but I know historically that's happened. What was that, like a four-game four package you had to buy or something like that? Sorry, Dave. It was like a four-game package. Was it a I think you could have gotten tickets anyway, couldn't you? Oh, maybe yeah, so. I don't, I don't think it was a sellout. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was a sellout. Because they were so, talking, to, I think Bill was talking about it Friday, not being a sellout. So, well, I, I, a couple of things for me on the game. I watch, obviously, I think most everybody watched the Auburn Alabama game leading into that game, and that's our opponent next week. So I watched it very closely, and I think I'm like all other UGA fans. We watched that game. We're like, Bama's not that impressive. They're really struggling with a bad Auburn team. Okay. And then you turn around, and I think the Bama fan base watched us play last night. We're yeah. like, Georgia's not that impressive. We're 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 gonna we're gonna beat Georgia next week. So, but you, I think you can throw all that out come Saturday at whatever four thirty when we kick off. But to me, I think Brent Key's a great hire. He kind of scares me a little bit. He's an alum. He gets that rivalry. I like the guy. I hate to admit it. I, I want to root against like Paul Johnson, who I hated. I don't hate Brent Key. I think he's a good coach. But I thought the play of the game, and it was a big mistake on his part. When they got down there, I think they were within our 10-yard line uh, early in the first quarter, and it was fourth and very short. And he fourth opted and, for yeah, like less than one yard, I think. They were gashing us, and he kicked a field goal. And I thought that that turned the whole game right there. He, he goes in, punches it in there. We got a different football game on our hands. It was the inconsistency, too, because he kicked that field goal, but then he goes for it on fourth and one at like the 40 on the next drive mm-hmm. or maybe the mm-hmm. one after that. Mm-hmm. And I, the only thing that I could tell different, he, he kept saying he stuck to his game plan and take the point in the fourth <laughs> quarter, which I'm like, yeah. okay, so you were saying the clock made that decision for you. Yeah. Did you listen to his post-game press conference? I did. Yeah, that's what he was like. He's like, the we wanted to be conservative. We wanted to be within one score in the first quarter. And then the second quarter, we wanted to get in, like to go at it and, and to be explosive or whatever. But I'm like, that was dumb. That was, I really think that, I mean, they might have, I don't know. They might, I mean, that, that game would have been a lot closer if they would have done that because that really gave us, I mean, that was four points they gave us kind of. Yeah. Because they were, like, they. I mean, they had 205 rushing yards against us. They were going up and down the field. So, and they had um, three field goals to go with Georgia's, what, four touchdowns. So it's like in that kind of game, it's not I, – I had flashbacks of the 2010 Liberty Bowl when the dogs kicked that short field goal early in the game against UCF. And it was like – I don't know. It's kind of like you would think the offensive line, the quarterback, the running backs, come on, coach, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you go out there and, and kick a, a chip shot field goal. And, yeah, they had the lead, but – I mean, I was like you guys. I was like, "Oh, I'm glad they're not going for it here. This is uh, this is good. Let them kick the field goal." And it was a, uh, I thought it was a huge moment in the game too, for sure. I mean, I know it was early, but still, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they went up ten to seven instead of fourteen to seven, and I think that was, um, you know, that was that was big at the time. Yeah, because we kept giving them the ball. I mean, we had the turnovers. So, I mean, they easily could have been up two touchdowns, but yeah, that was that was not a. I, I didn't. I mean, I was glad as a Georgia fan that they they kicked the field goal. But well, after we fu- after Edwards fumbled, it was touchdown, 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 and then we start the second half with a Thorson punt, and then it was field goal touchdown or touchdown field goal. 
field goal touchdown. And then there was the interception there. And then that was it. So the dogs still did a good job of um, uh, taking advantage of their possessions. Yeah. It's just Tech kept the ball a little bit longer than I think we've seen some of the other teams be able to do in this, especially the second half of the season. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to move my location really fast because it's beginning to rain out here on my uh, back deck. And I hear my aren't gutter. you covered? Aren't you covered? It's covered, but I hear my gutter, and I'm afraid that it's uh. going to be funneled into my here. Okay. So I'm going to slide out for like 60 seconds. So you'll steer this <laughs> how you good. want to. Not a problem. I, Not I'll a problem. guide you in the way that the thing that I walked away with, I don't think that Buster Faulkner will be at Georgia Tech for very long. No. So I'm one of these big-time programs, seeing the way that he's coached at Haynes King, seeing yeah. – how I mean, some of those play. I tweeted out one earlier, the one that was I the fake that. reverse and the QB power off the right side. That's one of the cooler plays I've ever seen. And if you have a mobile quarterback or a guy that's willing to, to, to take a hit, like that needs to be in everything that you do because you almost end up with a run pass option on the edge with a blocker or a receiver. And I'm like, I, I don't know how you defend that unless you just have 45 Nicobe Deans. You, you yeah. think Elk, Elko's on the phone right now with Buster Faulkner? I mean, I think if I'm Sam Pittman, I'm making. Sam, I call. heard Sam. Well, yeah, I that's, heard he's going. Yeah, yeah, they said Arkansas was after him. So, and and you know he coached Arkansas State several years ago. So, I mean, it makes a that's lot a of sense for him to go down there. So, well, yeah. the other person that's out there, if Sam Pittman wants to call his old buddy Jim Cheney and see if he yeah. wants to get the yeah. game back, get the band back that, together. If he does that, he should just go ahead and retire. But yeah, no, I thought that was. Um, I, I think Buster Faulkner looked really. He called a really good game. And but the thing is, like I, the one thing I thought that was a little weird they only ran um king 10 times yeah and i know he only had 24 he had 24 yards but like i really thought they were going to run haynes king a ton like i thought he would go maybe 15 or 20 design runs really so. you know i just wonder too if there's that element of we'd like to run him more we want to run him more but he is going to get hit yeah. yeah yeah and you gotta take that into account too because they don't have him out there then they really have no chance. Yeah. The other thing I found really interesting, Dave, is obviously 84 and 19, Brock and Ladd are sitting. Um, I think if we played Alabama yesterday, they're not sitting. I think they were in bubble wrap for a reason. Um, And, of course, Dom goes off. uh, Dominic Lovett, he has a big game. But what I found absolutely fascinating is that, number one, Marcus Rosemey Jackson, who's become one of my favorite Bulldogs, not only did he not have a catch, he did not even have a target the entire game. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now, I, I, certainly that's not done on purpose, I don't think. But I just found that absolutely amazing. He doesn't even have a target. And we still threw the ball very, very well the whole game. Um, why do you think that happens? Do you, and, you know, a couple weeks ago, Dylan Bell did nothing. And then he goes bananas in the, in the Tennessee game, right? I just think it's tremendous yeah. how they're doing this. Rosemead did have one target. He did have he one had target. one target. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. But at one point, I was even like, has he even played? I had, yeah. I think it was even in the in the second half. I hadn't even noticed. And as, as soon as I thought about it, there was a I can't remember if it was Love It or Delp. Somebody caught a pass and he was in the, you know, he was in the mm-hmm. screen. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, he's out there. But yeah, that was um, that was very strange, and I and again, I don't know why what the, the deal was. I mean, it might have been a, a little bit of uh, several things, but um, like you said, Love it was having a good game. The dogs were running down their throat, and I think uh, Rosemary Jack Saints, uh, you know, his skill set—he's a terrific blocker too. Oh yeah, I know does everything. Pass plays. So it wasn't like he wasn't out there doing anything, but for whatever reason, he wasn't uh, he wasn't as big of a deal on the, you know, on the, uh, the the receiving side of it. Maybe Tech was doing a little something there with him. I'm not sure, but it, it definitely was strange. But it's also good to know that you basically you didn't have Bowers, you didn't have, uh, you know, you didn't have Rara, you didn't have McConkie, and essentially yep. you didn't you didn't have uh, Rosemary Jackson in the in the passing game. And you still went out there, and I know that was the lowest uh, passing total for the season for a, yeah. in a game for Beck. But when you're running it like Georgia was, yeah. it's you know it's not quite as necessary. And and uh, but again, it's a good question. I don't know the answer to it. And you know what? My fa- him get targeted ten times against. Yeah, Florida. exactly. And you know, you know what? My favorite part of that was. I don't know if you guys have seen this post game little snippet that happened. I mean, Marcus Rosemey Jackson could have been, you know, ticked off. He only got targeted once. 
Did you see the little video of him running off the field with Kirby? He said, I'm 4-0 versus Tech, Coach. I love you so much. I mean, that, that says all you need to know about what a great damn good dog he is, right? Yes. And apparently he is, uh, I think that there was, uh, was it dear, over the summer or I don't know if it was last year, he had gotten a speeding ticket for going yeah. quite fast. And I, I think I think Mama came in and, and uh, yeah. had a little something to make sure that didn't happen again. But, you know, these guys come, the ones that come from these good good families, these good backgrounds, and I've I've heard nothing but but good things about about Marcus. Oh so, yeah. You know, not that I know him or anything, but it, he just sounds like uh, you know a, a good good young man. And and like you said, that was a great a great thing that he's happier about beating Tech the whole time he's in college than than whether he caught two passes or three passes in a game. And I love that kind of stuff. Well, and, and that's I another thing. You look at Kendall Milton, who has struggled. Oh, and so he went, you know, 18 for 156. This is his third career 100-yard game. This is the most yards he's had in a game in his career. I think that he went for, what was it, against Ole Miss 127 was, was his previous high. So, I mean, but now he looks he looks explosive. Like, like he looks a lot a lot more, you know, he looks quicker. He looks shiftier. He looks straight line speed faster and his power. I mean, he's running through guys now. He he runs angry and that's yeah. what we've been wanting to see. You know, he's healthy. He's healthy. Is that, but it's the combination of Amarius Mims being. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, well, yeah, sure. Uh, that changed George's offense with now. Look, if, if Bowers and McConkey didn't play, I, I think that would make George an underdog in this game against Alabama. Uh, but I expect them to play. So, if they're anything like what they can be, that just changes everything for Georgia. But that's two of the best players of the Kirby Smart era. And uh, that's tough for anybody to defend. And this Alabama defense, especially the front, it's Ooh. not what it's not historically what you think of when you think it's of good. Alabama. Yeah. But it's yeah, the, but, it, but it, it's not as good as it has been, is what Dane's point is, right? No, well, I mean, in our, is our defense. Just yeah, like our defense isn't as good. Yeah, exactly. Georgia, that's what yeah. I was. Yeah, I did see it is funny in the where both teams sit right now before the season started. Georgia's over under was 11 and a half and they hit Bama's over under was 10 and a half and they hit. So, uh, and you know, the other thing too, it's like, would you say of the, of the two national championship teams in this team, is this the best of the three? I mean, it may not necessarily feel that way, but with, with for Bama, would you say this is one of the better teams that they've had? Certainly a very good team, any team that can win 11 games, but it just feels like, each team might have maybe more, um, not even weaknesses, but uh, things that you could attack than, than you might have in years past with each of these teams. So I can't wait to see what, uh, what Mike comes up with, what uh, Shu and what Coach Boom come up with this week for Alabama. But obviously, you know, this is not any kind of a secret, but they gotta got to take care of uh, – what they're going to do with Milrow. He's going to get his, I mean, he's going to get, Oh yeah. That's the thing. But he he ran 18 times yesterday for 107 yards, 18 times. (laughs) He's there. He threw a a big pass there at the end of the game too, which was still uh, just my, well, well, he had two hours to do that. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he did. Not good. David, we had a question <laughs> last night on our post game over reaction show. And you actually are in, in a better position to answer this, but it was something along the lines of what Alabama stands for of, of the, I don't know, the big giant that's hard to get past, or maybe you even down by 10 points before the game starts, that kind of mentality. And George is beating them in a national championship. But at, at this point, just programs, Georgia and Alabama are still close to equal. And I think the way that the question was phrased was, when does that shift happen in the callers that you talk to every week, Eddie included, do you sense that that Alabama monster is still kind of hanging out there for Georgia fans? There's a historic monster. Georgia's the recent monster is kind of the way I kind of look at it, which, yeah, I still think like uh, last year, it was one of those things where it was, I mean, for a lot of people, it felt like it was a relief to be playing LSU in that SEC sure. game yeah. in Alabama. And just in LSU could have been, you know, the Joe Burrow team. And you still would have been like, oh, I'm glad we're playing them instead of Alabama. I don't know. It's just, it's Alabama. I mean, they've been so good for so long and their, their pockets of mediocrity uh, over their century of football hasn't been as long as other teams. And that's why they, they're where they are. And obviously Saban has taken them to a, 
you know, to that uh, just a completely different level. But then Kirby's taking Georgia now just to a completely different level. So I, or level, excuse me. I don't know if it's uh, you know, it's a good question. I, but that's just kind of the way I look at it. It's like, okay, these two teams are coming in. They're both kind of at the top of of different hills. They're at the top of the historic hill, and Georgia's at the top of the recent one. And I don't know how that play. Again, I can't wait to see how it plays out on Saturday. Well, in for fact, that flip, did they have yeah. does Georgia have to go in there and beat them without any injuries? You know, so they can't say, "Well, our wide receivers got hurt, our halfback got hurt." Does Georgia have to go in there and beat them for that to flip? Where it's now Georgia's the mountain, and they're a step below. Yeah, well, and to, for uh, Kirby to beat Saban in the national championship was obviously huge, but to beat him in the SEC championship, and I, I still, I mean, I love winning the conference championship. I yeah. think that's yeah. kind of, obviously, everyone just wants to talk about the playoff and the final four and that kind of thing, but winning the SEC championship is a huge deal, and sure. obviously a huge deal this year because you kind of feel like there may not be Room for two teams in the in the uh, in the in the playoff, two SEC teams in the playoff. So it almost feels like the quarterfinals begin, uh, you know, Saturday yeah. night, and that's kind of what it feels like. So to beat Saban and win a conference championship, and then that would obviously knock them out, and then move on would be would be gigantic. So I mean, I'm I, I think there are a lot of Georgia fans, and, and now it, obviously it's changed over the last couple of years. But there's still some that just have a little bit of that PTSD with yeah. with Bam and Saban. So two, it's another two, chance to beat them. Two things here, and, and Dan, you can jump in on this. I'd love to hear what you say about this. So um, first of all, do you think it matters that Alabama won the way they did? In other words, if they had lost that game, do you think it's, oh, my God, Nick Saban's pissed off, look out, Georgia's in trouble? Or do you think that goes maybe in our favor because it was such an emotional win you know that, that that's hard to to replicate going forward for next weekend. And two, do you think the defense is a little bit better? Dane, correct me if I'm wrong. I saw a lot of too high safety look in that game, and that's one less man in the box, which I think they'll do this weekend against Jalen Milrow to keep him from running around. And who spies Jalen Miller? I assume it's C.J. Allen, but I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I, when you said that, C.J. Allen was the first one that uh, came to mind. Is Pop? Is he? Is he definitely? Is he done? Do we know if he has a chance? I don't think to Pop get there. In this game. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So I mean, yeah, that that's tough, and that's a that's a big assignment for C.J. But I, I mean, I don't know how you defend defend Milrow other than you're just you're not trying to stop him. You know, the you know you can't stop him. You can only contain Limit him. him. Yeah. What you got to do. You know, just try to make sure he doesn't uh, bust you with a, a bunch of long runs. What do you think about that win versus a loss? Does that does that matter one way or the other for Bama? Oh, I don't. You don't. I used I used to believe that more, but I don't think that's as as big a big of a deal. They're going to be uh, highly motivated to win this game, whether they had lost yesterday or not. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think the good coaches like Saban, like Kirby, you can throw some other ones out there. They're good about making sure the players stay a little bit more even keel. I mean, it's not it's not always possible, but I don't think in this case for Saturday, it might have it might have affected the line a little, maybe a a point or two. (laughs) I just thought that was weird. Just like, you know, it's like uh, last week it was it was uh, Bama minus 14 or 14 and a half the whole week. And you're like. Wait a minute. New Mexico State just went to Auburn and won by 21 points. And they're saying Bama's only a 14 point favorite. Sucker bet. Sucker mm-hmm. bet. Mm-hmm. So it didn't. It just. It didn't matter completely at all. You know, did it? Did it make Auburn more motivated yesterday because they had gotten crushed by New Mexico State? I don't think so. They were going to be more motivated anyway. They're going to be just as motivated anyway. I think that's. I think that's how it is for both of these teams going into uh, to this game on Saturday. I don't know that motivation changes any, Eddie, but I do think sometimes you play a little freer. Like you almost have house money of like, man, that that's what I happen. thought. Yeah. Like I, Auburn and 13 is the classic example of you have prayer at Jordan hair. And then two weeks later you get kicked mm-hmm. six. And mm-hmm. I mean, that game against Missouri was good that year in the SEC championship. And Trey Mason ran it for what? 45 times over mm-hmm. hundred yards, something like that. And 
And they were one play away from winning the national championship against Florida State. Kelvin Benjamin brings that yeah. in. Jameis Winston gets it. And then Jimbo Fisher gets rich. Uh, all yeah. of that happened because of that crazy stuff at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And yeah. this time, it was Alabama. And Nick Saban even mentioned that post-game. He said, I haven't had a whole lot of the good weird stuff happen here. It was always <laughs> against us. The other way, yeah. So in that case, like – Jalen Milrow is already one of those guys that weirds things kind of happen around him because he's such a unique athlete. Um, he has some deficiencies that some other quarterbacks don't have, but he has a skill set that almost no other quarterbacks have. Yeah. So you put all that together, and I do think that if Georgia starts giving up first quarter touchdowns here, this is a yeah. different beast than yeah. what you did against um, Vandy or Florida. Yeah, we, we've got to go. Is he a Jalen Hurts light? Is that what you would say Milrow is? You know, in college, with it was Hertz wasn't a good enough thrower, and he was a great yeah. runner. Mm-hmm. And I think that Milrow's a better runner and a worse thrower. Yeah, uh, but he he has such arm strength that he can throw it a mile. Yeah, the can. biggest difference, and that quarterback comparison is going to be there, and people are going to talk about Milrow. The skill guys that Alabama has are are much worse than what was around Tua and Hertz. Yeah. You go back and look at those core of receivers, Devontae yeah. Smith and Jerry Judy. Like, Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't – there was one of those teams that I think they had four first-round picks. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess um, Smith was like their fourth – he was like number four on the depth chart. And that and he's – And he made I that mean, play, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was – oh, God. And, yeah. and I, I don't know that there's one first-round skill guy on this Alabama team as I see it right now. Yeah, Bond was supposed to be that guy, I think, but I don't think he's lived up to the hype. And then, of course, Jermaine Burton, he's starting – I'll give him credit. He's starting to pick it up, you know, but he's not a first-rounder. I mean, no. they're good players, but I kind of look at, it like, would either of those guys be for sure starters at Georgia? No. And I can't answer that. No. Or at least I can't answer that definitively one way or the other. Yeah, I don't think they would be starting at Georgia. So. I mean, obviously, you saw Jermaine Burton left because he wasn't getting enough balls. I know that's a little different situation, but still – yeah, I don't think they would start here. I either. Uh, but it's still with these two teams, you've got this great assemblage of talent, the, the whole team itself. And you know, there's, and hey, Bama's confident. They were down in the dumps after they only beat South Florida by two touchdowns earlier in the year. And, you know, they're just, they seem to just keep finding ways to win. And you can't have any more of a, a find your way to win than they had yesterday. But yeah. Uh, I, I know they're thinking too. We got to jump on Georgia. Everyone else is doing it. We got to do it. We're good enough to to stay out in front, like these other teams haven't been. So I know that's going to be a big point of uh, you know of emphasis. And what was it yesterday? Georgia actually forced a three and out on Tech's first possession, and then the yeah, I was a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like ah, oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. David, so, I, yeah. I want to give you a little bit of a, a device to use this week that I think is a fun mind. Yeah. You're going to have the Munsonites call in and say they're so worried and all the things that Alabama can do. Like, that's every week, right? And me, me included. Okay. <laughs> I, ask the question, just as, as a fan, Would are you more confident in Mike Bobo's play calling in this situation or Tommy Reese's play calling in this situation? And for all the anti-Bobo folks, I think that's going to stop them in their tracks and go, yeah, probably so. I'll take Mike Bobo. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I'm glad he's had the season he's had because I was not one of those. And uh, for those of you that listen to me and Logan every morning, I was I was fine with Mike getting the, the OC job. I was glad. I knew – that that was going to be, you know, he's. It's almost like he's he's carrying this ghost of one play from ten years ago. He is, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, fair or not, but it, to me, it hasn't been fair. But he's he's shown what he can do, and he was doing that kind of stuff ten years ago when he didn't have a good defense, when he didn't have quite the same personnel that he's working with now. So, and and the the Munkin, and he he was great. There was nothing wrong with Todd Munkin, but. You know, there's a 16 to six game. You know, there were some low scoring games too, and those kind sure. of get forgotten about. So it's, it, I'm, I'm glad for Mike and uh, for the for the entire offense too. And and Buster has done a really good job over at Tech too. So I think you know, there's something to be said for what he's what he has uh, he's done for for them this year. And was it before we started or after we came on? We were talking about Buster's going to be moving on, and you yeah. kind of feel like that. Maybe not next year, but he's positioning himself quite well. I, I don't like – now, I know he doesn't 
he's not a Georgia grad. He's from Georgia, but he didn't go to Georgia or anything like that. But I hate, I mean, it's just, this is nothing against, you know, Don Blaylock and Cypher. I just, I don't like seeing that. I, I, you know, there are many other places you could have gone. I understand the circumstances yeah. with Buster and everything, but it's just like, oh, I just, yeah. I can't, I of can't all stand places. it. Yeah. I can't stand it. Yeah. But, you know, it was also what was also nice coming out of that game last night is I think we came out relatively healthy. I, I didn't see anything that was a concern for on Georgia's side to add to the additional injuries. But Bullard was like limping up one point, but he didn't even. Yeah, but he came back in the game. He seemed to be yeah. fine. So, but, yeah, but think have y'all uh, seen this about Jace McClellan? Uh, he tweaked his foot, and he was in, he was on crutches yesterday. So okay. that's a big deal for Alabama if he's going to be hurt, possibly leading into this game. I saw a comment from Brandon Chuck. That was big yesterday, and hopefully the coaches were able to take care of it today. Zion Logue's finger. Huge play in the game last night. The tipped pass. Oh, yeah. finger is good. Uh, (laughs) Not an injury, but just a big moment last night. We were talking earlier about uh, them not going for the uh, field goal, or excuse me, the touchdown early Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. that, uh, That pass interference was gigantic. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Zion Logue, for that. Well, and, and the other thing on this real quick, I, I don't want to belabor the refs, but I've never watched a game where you watch something happen and that and what you just said, the trajectory of that football immediately changed. You could see it live. Yeah. And then they go to review it, and it seems like it takes 10 minutes to get this call right. They did that on several. How about the one where the ball bounced off the turf and up in yeah. the air? And the announcer's like, oh, that's an interception. Look at this. And then they go oh, yeah, and review it. TV goes straight to commercial. And I was like, what are they talking about? That ball did not just bounce off his hands. It hit the ground. I mean, just some of these reviews, you can see it live action. You got it right. Just go with it. It's it's ridiculous what they're doing. Can, and also, those were ACC refs. They were. Yes. I thought the road team had their officials. And I know the joke was, well, you know, Tech was the road team. But, um, you know, but, <laughs> but I thought when Georgia played over there, it was SEC. And when they played over here, it was ACC. But I maybe that's changed. I didn't know. I, I don't know how that works. Six but, for 60. We had six for 60 the most all year. So do what you want yeah. with that. And, uh, yeah. you know, you got Cedric Grand Pran laying on the ground going, oh, my God. And, and then they throw a flag at him because he was downfield. That cost us a touchdown, you know? Yeah, yeah he might have been a – yeah, right there on it. And then He there called was it on himself. The face mask on mm. like, yeah. the top of the helmet. <laughs> yep. Um and See, I, think I thought that was legitimate. I thought that should have been the flag. I thought that was yeah. because that's still part of the face. Yeah, that's right. That's so, right. So, I mean, just if it was, but I didn't know, you know, they weren't sure on that one. And then, you know, what else am I I'm leaving out? I think but for the most part, yeah, just it, it felt like, but I, I, I'm not that guy that gets on the officials. I think for the most part, they're doing the best they can and they don't care who wins. Tyler Simmons. Uh, Sides though, we can all agree with that. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> uh, Dane, I did see a comment up earlier. It was um, Brandon Childs. He said, "If we lose, do we still get to the Final Four? And I think that's a good question. And but I think we will know that answer Tuesday night when they do the fight when they do the top four. If they put Georgia at two, they're doing that. So if Georgia loses, they can fall three spots and be out of the top five. So I think I think we'll know that answer." Tuesday night if Georgia's one or two. I think that's where it's going to get tricky there. I think it would take some craziness. Just, I mean, Vegas is going to tell you that Michigan should beat Iowa handedly. Vegas is going to tell you that Florida State, even with the quarterback deal, should beat Louisville, who just lost to the eighth best SEC team, despite mm-hmm. what Danny Cannell thinks about mm-hmm. ACC and SEC. Yeah, right Danny Cannell, he's something else. So if both of those teams win, they're in. I think the Pac-12 champ is in regardless just because if or if that's Oregon, they avenge their only loss in Texas. And, then, ooh, and Washington's not getting in if they lose this game. No. Correct, but I think Oregon yeah. would. So yeah. you think Oregon, yeah. if yeah. Oregon wins, even though they have that one loss, you think they would be in? Because that avenges their only loss, and the committee historically says that that's a thing so, that they care Okay, about. so let's say Georgia wins, Michigan wins, Texas wins, and FSU wins. Is that your final four? No, because you would have the Pac-12 champion over Texas. Texas would not get in. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, 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 I'm going to say this right now. If Georgia loses, they're out. 
This is it. I don't care I think, what happens. I think they're out. Coming up. Saturday. Yep. I agree. I think yeah. that now I think Dane's right. It's got to be absolute mayhem, and that's not going to happen. There's got to be so many things that happen. I think they're out. I think the committee's sick of the SEC. They want the Pac-12 in there badly. Georgia's out. Now, they're so out. I, I think there's a scenario that if Alabama beats Georgia, that Alabama still doesn't make it because head-to-head has to matter. Yeah. Yeah. Texas would have to lose, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a good point. And I don't see Texas losing to Oklahoma. But you State. said it last night, Dane. It seems to be those, those season beginning losses, like, you know, Bama's back there, what, week two, whatever that was. It doesn't matter anymore. It's now, right, where I our know, loss. I, I'd tell you that Bama is better than Texas. I believe that right now. But on the rest of it, still, they played. Still count. Yeah, that they played. Matter. Otherwise, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if that's the case, you don't play You don't play those games. You just play, you know, as Bill Shanks calls them, cash for clunkers, and and you just let it go. 12-team playoff next year, we'll be having a conversation about 13, 14, and 15 instead of what exactly. we're having right now. So, get, so that's a great segue to this. I want to ask you about this. Let's take this to next year. Georgia's playing out. Everything's the same. We're in a 12-team playoff. Does this game mean anything? Absolutely, because you want it, the buy in there. You want the buy. That's what it means. It means the seating. It's just for okay. That. So if we if we lose the game, I don't know how it would work. Would we drop to a five seed, a six we seed? Where would we drop? Five or something six. like that. Yeah. Okay. Like but that. and I understand we have to play another game, but we get a home game at that point, right? The first game is at home. So that's the piece of this that needs to get adjusted. Yes. Me. The incentive to be a top four team should be that that is the home game. Bingo. And I hope that's coming, but but, for, but the, do you think that's coming, or because that's the they're, they're holding on to the bowls with every yeah. last fiber they can. That's what they're doing. I mean, eventually, money's going to dictate that. And yeah, I, and so essentially, if ESPN right now, but if, maybe it's Apple one day if they yeah. say we'd rather have this on campus just because like we can sell ads to this better. I don't know if that's the case, but the media company is going to dictate where these games are played. Yeah, and ads can try what they want to it's not going to matter and i don't the thing too i know everybody loves to see these kind of games but um i don't want a a game as important as a playoff game to be played in conditions like kansas state and iowa state played in last night and but that we're going to see that at some point sure with these sure games. so somebody's going to get shafted on that to an extent hey both teams play in the the, the same thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. But still, you don't want the, the game like that being played in in that, those kind of conditions. Penn State could host a game. Well, and have they'd have to make playoffs there. There's yeah. going to be some yeah. pros and cons with the expanded system. And sure. It's going to work itself out. I, I think it's going to be more pros than con. A, a year like this, to me, validates the need for playoff expansion just because there are more teams that I think could win against higher-ranked teams. You can tell me that regular season gets devalued or whatever. But, like, I think Missouri is a top four team oh, yeah. right now, as we're sitting here right now, how they're playing. Nobody would want to play Missouri. Georgia and Hell no. would want to play Missouri right now. But they haven't been that all year. Right. Like, they, they couldn't slow down LSU. Not many teams can. So, Does it have to be 12? What about eight? Would eight be better? Uh, you know, you have to have that many 12. But that's well, it's not going backwards. It's going up. No, no, it's going, no, yeah. No. It's like maybe we've gone from maybe not enough to going to too many. Too many. Yeah. Yeah. And because there's always going to be, if it were eight, they're going to argue about who's eight, who's nine, who's 10. If it's 12, there's going to be who's 12, who's 13, who's 14. And I mean, you see it. It's, it's just going to keep yeah. doing that. So, I, well, there's a way to get more games that matter, and it's relegation. So, whenever yeah. that happens, I'm ready. I love that idea. I absolutely love that idea. And Dave doesn't follow soccer, so he has no idea what the hell you're talking about. Right, yes, I'm speaking Spanish. I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> do you watch Ted Lasso, though? Have, do you watch Ted Lasso? I have seen it. There okay. you go. That's it. how I learned about relegation. I there you go. Yeah. Agree, yeah. But I watched yeah. Ted Lasso. I know the concept of it. Yeah. Uh, it's just consequences so, for losing. Vanderbilt right. will never be in the SEC yeah. anymore. That's right. Yeah. They'd so, go out. App State would come in, and they'd stay there forever. I guess the biggest <laughs> issue with that, though, is if their football team gets kicked out of the SEC, but their baseball team's really good, so how how do you do you different relegate? conferences per sport have a different okay and that's the that's the I guess that's the question have is, jurisdictions per sport I you know I don't know like yeah and I, I think I, just, I also think that this is a way like would 
they're keeping Sam Pittman. Would Arkansas keep a Sam Pittman longer just because it's less likely that Arkansas would be relegated in that situation? Or would Jimbo Fisher get to stay around? Because like, if you hire a Chad Morris and you have yeah. one of those years, then that sets your program back decades at that yes. point. You know what I mean? So that may solve some of that too. Um, speaking of promotion relegation, do you want to talk Falcon Saints? That's sure. It's always a good day when the Saints lose to me. Your 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 pullover notwithstanding, Dane. I know we can't see it. It's but... not a Saints pullover. It does say well, Nola. It does I say Nola. All right. Um, but I love the food there. I, oh yeah. I would make an argument that uh, both of these teams need new coaches and new quarterbacks. And so in that case, maybe the Saints won today. And- I 100% agree. <laughs> I was pulling – I'm a Falcons fan. I've loved them since I you know, was little. I wanted them to lose. I'm tired of how this is because you're talking about just winning. Like let's say they win the, the, the South Division. Okay, that's fine. What are they going to do? First round, they're going to get they're going to get bounced. So it's pointless. I want to, I do not want them to win. I want them to lose, and I agree. I think the Saints won, even though they lost. Disagree. I I don't think. I think even if today, what are you saying, Dane? If they lose today, tomorrow Arthur Blank has a press conference and he fires Arthur Smith tomorrow. No, I'm just saying no. neither of these teams deserve a playoff spot, and one of them's getting one. Yeah. Well, I mean, the division is horrible. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. You're in that division, right? And I, I I'm sorry. I, I understand what you guys are saying. I don't like Arthur Smith. I don't think he's a good head, head football coach. I think he was hired because he has money. He's Blank's money buddy. That's all it is. And he's not a good head football coach. I want him to move on. But I'm happy when the Saints lose. I despise the New Orleans Saints. So this win made me very happy. But, guys – to sit there and listen to our head coach say Desmond Ritter is the answer, that's the most schizophrenic quarterback. If that's, I'm sorry if that's not politically correct, <laughs> but he's completely schizophrenic, okay? He throws awful picks, and then he throws a beautiful pass to B. John Robinson for a touchdown, okay? So I don't know what you got with this kid. I think it's more bad than good, but we got to figure something out here, and, and we're stuck with him and Taylor Heineke for the rest of the year. It is what it is, but – I was pleased to see them beat the Saints. That's all I got to say about that. Dave? I have trouble rooting against my team, and I'm not as big on the Falcons as I used to be. But I was pulling for them today, and I'm not one of those that thinks you got to lose out to have a better lot in life down the road. So if they do – and they're by the way, their schedule the rest of the way is pretty easy too. Mm-hmm. So they, they could very well make the playoffs and – and and host a game if they win the the division, but I I, I don't th- still to me that scenario if they go eight and nine or nine and eight or whatever uh, and host a playoff game and get bounced, I would still I would still rather have that than than lose for uh you know whoever they would whoever the the number one overall pick would be. See, not me. Uh, I'm tired of seeing that same. I've read this book over and over and over. Like it's the same same book, just another chapter. So the I just. Going, you know, middle of the pack every year is just not fun. Yeah, they've had top picks, they've had middle picks, they've had all kinds. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter. They can't get it right, no matter what. They're they're never going to get it. I gotta say this because this is you know this is one of my hills, but it's like they've been around for what fifty something years, fifty nineteen sixty six, and have never drafted a bulldog in the first or second round, which is just bizarre. And Jalen Carter was it, right there, right there. And you take a half back, you don't even run half the time. So it's just, it's just weird when you go, oh, the, the oh, you're just mad because they're not drafting bulldogs. And I'm like, no, I'm just mad because they passed over the better player several mm-hmm. times, and he happened to be a bulldog. Yeah. I don't, I just, I do not get that. How can you have this Georgia team that's been good or great most of the time? The Falcons have existed. And they've never taken a Georgia player in the first or second round. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. It really is. It's almost so, like you have to try to do something like that, right, Dave? I mean, I, it's I it's like okay, if you're if you're a little bit off there, where else are they off that we're not hyper focused on? Right. Um, so it, it's you know, it's to me, it's just it, it's very strange with this dynamic, and it's not like Rankin Smith. Didn't like Georgia. I mean, we got a building. We got a building here. right there beside me. <laughs> Falcons wore they wear red and black because of that. So I, I just it's bizarre. I, well, you get a couple. Of you guys said you you preferred them lose, but 
You know, you can blame for this win. If if you want to blame somebody for this win, uh, Jesse Bates is a total badass. That guy saved the season, not only with his pick six, but punching that. And that was a beautiful play. I don't know how those guys don't do that and just break all their fingers in their hand. Punching that ball out as the Saints are going in to score. Jesse Bates is an animal. I love watching that guy play football. He's phenomenal. And by the way, Dogfather, thank you for checking in, uh, JT. We appreciate that. And I'm glad, and I will I'll kind of prove I did watch the Falcons game because I know the play that Eddie's talking about where uh, where uh, Bates punched the ball out. And that was out of Hill's hands, too. And Hill's yep. been a Taysom is a beast. A Falcons killer. Yep. So for that to happen there was was gigantic. And, you know, Bates with the, with the pick six, too. I mean, that guy's really, really good. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – uh, the, the way they're able to do that. And one of the other big linemen punched the ball out of Carr's hands, too. I don't think the Falcons got it on that play. Uh, very interesting. But Saints, Falcons, it doesn't, but does it still like it feels like Eddie it has the intensity that it's, uh, that it used to? Didn't oh, yeah. Like I, 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 I felt like the players did. I mean, they're, they're going at each other. It, it, to me, it's, it's a huge rivalry still. Um, and, 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 you know, you can see all the fans, you know, they're jawing with each other. I think it's still a huge rivalry. But here, here's a, one more thing that drives me crazy about this coaching staff. So right there at the end of the half, Corderell Patterson, who's, by the way, been on Twitter bitching about, not bitching, that's the wrong thing to say, just saying, look what I can do, feed me the ball. And Corderell, he, he is an awesome individual on top of being an awesome football player. We are feeding him the rock. And he is going bananas. Three plays in a row. He's just, he's going crazy. Give me the ball. And the next play, Arthur Smith puts him on the bench and lets Ritter throw the ball, and he throws a pick. Yep. It's just, I mean, keep doing what's working until they stop it, Arthur Smith. That's what drives me crazy. I know I'm yelling at the clouds, Andy, but this is what the Falcons do to me. It just drives me crazy. Well, this the- is if, if you don't mind, Dane, I hope you can use your your great uh, computer editing photo skills to give us a collage of all the uh, great Arthur Smith facial impressions every time, uh, <laughs> facial expressions every time the Falcons do something dumb or make a mistake because it's it would be epic just to see. He, he looks see very that. confused, and I'm like, you you know what's happening here? Yeah, really. You're the head coach, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 look at it this way. Tyler Algier went 10 for 64, a 6.4 a touch. And Cordero Patterson went 8 for 43, 5.4 a touch. So why do you draft a running back with the eighth pick of the draft when you already have that on your roster? And you got Jalen Carter sitting there begging just to keep the same jersey on and come on over? I mean, that's the issue with this team. It, I, I'm admittedly like a casual NFL watcher. And if you made me pick a favorite team, I probably would pick the Saints. It's definitely not the Falcons. And I'm from Georgia and, and all that. Uh, this is one of those weird games that, like, in watching it, I could tell nobody likes this. Falcons fans aren't happy with this. Saints mm-hmm. fans aren't happy with this. Other NFL fans aren't happy that this is even an option on the screen right now. Uh, the NFL is not happy that this is not entertaining. Personally, I'm frustrated that Jameis Winston, who's instant entertainment on the field, because it's either <laughs> going to be a touchdown or an interception or something stupid, and then he's going to have a weird facial expression and goofy thing he does on the sideline after, and they're just letting that waste away for Derek Carr, who's going to throw it for you know four yards or an interception or something, which is very similar to Ritter. And so like everyone's unhappy with this game, and we have to watch it. And it reminded me why I, I like college football so much more. <laughs> and it also feels like too that there's this uh is there more of a divide between the falcons and the fans and bulldogs fans than there ever has been too it, it, well, there yeah. used to be a lot be a lot more crossover than there is now well that, that's the, that that's the thing dave if you just take i'll just say one you take nicobe dean instead of troy anderson okay and that that, that was on the thing in the second oh god this is what drives me crazy. Arthur Blank, all he cares about is putting butts in those seats, right? Okay? You draft a couple of Bulldogs, the bleed over there is incredible. I want to go watch my guys play football, and he doesn't do it. I just don't understand why that doesn't translate to these guys. I mean, we drafted John Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I'm going to go watch him. He's been injured the entire time. They took Justin Schaefer. Justin Schaefer, yeah. Well, I mean, and you what hear is about, that? Well, you They're hear taking about the wrong Bulldogs. I mean the Philly dogs. You got you got people that's been lifelong Falcons fans that are fans of the Eagles now because of the Georgia Bulldogs. 
And I mean, those guys could have been here in, in Atlanta. And I mean, you're selling tickets left and right. I mean, all of those, yeah. yeah, it's just, there's, I don't know. I think Arthur Blank is the issue, but what's he, what are you going to do? If he's pulling all the strings, as long as he's the owner, what can you do? So, Nothing. Well, I guess it is his fantasy football team. He's using real mm -hmm. money. So yep. it's frustrating. It's frustrating for the rest of us to an extent, but I guess that's, that's what we're dealing with here. Yep. Uh, but I, I, cause we joke on the morning show uh, with, with Eddie and, and Logan and I joke about it. It's like, well, there's not as much time spent on Sunday afternoons as there used to be. You can actually go do something else if you want yep. to and not feel like you've missed something. Although today's game, I thought the Falcons were the less worst team, but it was still a competitive close game. Uh, so I, you know, I didn't feel like I'd wasted my time today watching the game. I actually kind of enjoyed it. But I, today was seriously the first time I've watched the Falcons game from beginning to end this year. Really? Um, so <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make me. I don't who they play next week. I didn't even look. They got the Jets next week. So oh, that's know. right. That's all right. Uh, well, I'll just let Mike Greenberg tell me all about that game. There you go. He'll tell you. <laughs> when I have people asking, is Carson Beck going to go pro? I just look at the status of quarterbacking in the NFL right exactly. now. Like, yeah. He fits right in at least sure. with everything that I'm like. He's better than Tim Boyle. So, sure. Yeah. Carson better Beck than, is a He's better than Desmond Ritter. That's what I was going to say. Good job, Andy. I think so, too. I think yeah. he will be, too. He's definitely going to be more accurate than Desmond Ritter is. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's. I think he'd look good in red and black. So, there's yeah, also, there, ahead, there's Dave. an economy change in the NFL too that more teams are drafting quarterbacks more frequently. Just kind of realizing the calls that, of the money. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you're going to be having teams draft three quarterbacks in, yep. in drafts now. I think that's yeah. going to be more commonplace. Just because if you don't get that position right, you're not going to win anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, um, the one, go ahead, go ahead. I was just to say the one thing I know you guys aren't big on the NFL, Dave and Dane, but when the Falcons are actually good. And they have a competitive team to watch. To me, there is nothing more fun than watching your team win a game like today and then watching the rest of the league because every game is so huge. Watching the NFC games, that's what I love about the NFL, right? Every game comes down to the wire, it seems like. And now that the Falcons have been garbage, I'm not as intertwined with the NFL as I used to be. I used to, It was like, can't miss football for me. And now I'm like, I don't care because the Falcons aren't in the mix. It doesn't I matter. I think that's what I like Eddie because I looked at my wife in the first quarter and I said I'm going to watch this and I'm going to tell you this is going to wind up being 20 to 16 with four minutes left and one team is going to have like the length of the field to go and they're going to struggle to do it and it wasn't exactly that the Falcons like pulled away but like I can kind of tell you the way these games are going to go before the end of it it, it feels more like NBA to me it, like where you can watch the last two minutes let me, and you're let me good. check yeah. out the last yeah. half of the final yeah. quarter and I'm going to see yeah. what I need yeah, college, that's fair. I never get that. College, I want to see the journey to get to that point. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think we're all more. I don't know. We feel like feel like we're part of the of the Georgia Bulldogs more than like the Falcons. I don't know. It's just. It's. I don't know. I guess they're kind of making it too much of a. It's a business, I guess. I don't know. You're just not as as into it. I don't know. It, it's it's different than than college. College is so much better. It's it's night and day difference. Well, we have about five minutes left, so I'm going to let y'all decide. Do you want to sneak in five minutes of Braves just redid their whole bullpen or five minutes of Dave Johnston, what's happening on the morning show? Tell us about your life. <laughs> how, how can we make yeah, sure this is what you're You know, I, I'm going to direct it that way if that's okay, Andy, because I, yes. I would like to hear what Dave's doing on the morning show. And also, Dave, I'd like you to give a little teaser maybe about the Georgia baseball men's program because well, they got a, a new coach this year from LSU, and I think things are going in a very positive direction. So go ahead. The floor is yours. Well, Dave. Hey, can I ask you, you a quick question before you do yeah. that? Sorry. How did you get from Spartanburg, South Carolina to Athens, Georgia? And did you grow up a fan of Clemson or South Carolina, or did you always just pull for Georgia? No, I, I wasn't a Georgia fan until my senior year of high school because that's when I got accepted to, to Georgia. So um, neither of my parents went to Clemson or South Carolina, so I wasn't really pulled that way. Okay. Um, so, but I did, I was more of a South Carolina, most of my family went to South Carolina. So I, I was, you know, pulled for them, but, um, it was journalism school. I wanted to go to the, to Georgia's journalism school and, uh, I, you know, South Carolina's, they have a good one too, but Georgia's is, is a lot better. So I wanted to go to that. And that was basically what it was, which is why I, I don't, uh, if we have local guys that leave Athens or the area and go, go off to college somewhere, I don't get on them too bad. Cause I did the same thing, not on a scholarship or anything like that, but I, I left home and didn't come back, but yeah, that was basically what it was. And, um, you know, so I do, you know, I, 
South Carolina doesn't bother me. Clemson does. I just don't. I'm not. I don't really care for uh for them. Uh, although I know plenty of people that went there that I like just fine, but it's just different. Those two schools. I live um, here in Royston, and I hate Clemson. Clemson is. I, I hate Clemson almost as much as I hate any other school. I hate them that bad. So. Well, if you're at Royston, you're close to being in the middle of that thing. Too, yeah, I am, I'm right in the center of it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically uh, basically what happened uh, with all of that. But uh, since Eddie doesn't want to talk about the NBA's in season tournament, um, <laughs> we can. We can because I y'all were talking about relegation earlier. I, I still don't understand the NBA in season tournament, so I gotta I figure that one out. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you got nothing on that. No, They're just trying no. to make games matter. It's a soccer thing where there are tournaments everywhere, and yeah, there, there are some NBA trying to get crossovers to soccer stuff, but it's just so like it's so strangely done that like these games don't matter more than anything else. No. Like if, if the winner of the tournament had a higher draft pick or they were guaranteed a low yeah. playoff spot or something like that, then yeah, maybe I care a little bit more because if the magic were awful and they somehow won this tournament, maybe they're the eighth seed in the postseason, which half the teams make the playoffs anyway. But since yeah. it doesn't have any of that and you're just saying players get more money, well, I don't really care. Yeah, that's exactly. Not to belabor the NBA, but the perfect thing was this during COVID. I don't know when it was. Start the NBA on Christmas Day and go forward from there. Maybe 60. It'll never happen because they want more games rather than less. But that, to me, was the perfect NBA season. Start on Christmas Day. That's when everybody cares and let it play out. So, anyway. So, um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to switch gears on you for the for the, the Georgia baseball team. And I'm no, not please. dodging the question, but I will – I will have a better grasp of uh, – I, I, and Coach Johnson has done a phenomenal job with the portal, mm -hmm. with um, with what he's done there, changing the lineup over, bringing in some pitchers, position players. He's done a really, really good job of that. Obviously, the biggest person he got to come back, not that he was leaving, was Charlie Condon. I mean, he mm -hmm. is just so – I mean, he's unbelievable. And – that was his first priority when he got the job was to make sure he could get Charlie to stay. And that was a very good thing. What I was about to say was, is I don't, you know, Georgia's upgraded. Every team probably has upgraded. So how do you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know that LSU's got a Paul schemes coming in or something like that, but every team seems to, you know, I look at teams and, and what, who they've added and who they lost. And I'm like, man, the SEC is just brutal. Yeah. It is just brutal. I think SEC baseball and SEC softball are the two toughest uh, sports to win the conference championship. In other words, they're deeper uh, from top to bottom than any of the other sports. And, more, more and it's, it's hard. It really is. So, uh, Dana, I, I don't know if you knew who Todd Graffanini is. He covers LSU sports down south. Um, and I heard this after they hired Wes Johnson, and this is just one guy's opinion, and this is to not to knock any other coach that Georgia's had, but he said after this hire, Georgia finally proved to me they're serious about baseball. This is a big-time hire they got with this guy. You're right. You're absolutely right. And the way he's been recruiting can, mm -hmm. can kind of tell you that too because baseball's weird because people are like, do you waste time – trying to recruit and sign a guy that you know is going to go in the first round of the MLB right. draft. And people are like, why would you do that? And it's like, because it gives you street cred. Yeah. Because if you can, if you can sign a guy, if Dane Young's going to go number 10 overall, but if you can sign him, not know, even knowing he's not going to come, it still tells other people or other recruits that, Hey, if this guy wants to sign with George, I need to give them a look. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to. Uh, and that's what what uh, Coach Johnson has been doing a lot of too. So I I can't wait to see how it goes. <clears throat> but if uh, if I'm ever lucky enough to be back on with you guys again, I'll have a better answer on the uh, on the baseball question. Fair enough. And it's early. I mean, it's it's only November 26, right? So yeah, we're only uh, less than we got two and a half months before first pitch. Crazy. Crazy. Well, Dave, we do thank you for the time. Uh, you have to wake up in a couple of hours, so we're sorry about that. Uh, That's okay. I don't go to bed too early, though, because uh, I'll wake up too early. So I, I kind of have to stay up a little bit later, but it's all good. This has been fun. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Appreciate Tell it. Paul I said hello, too, and uh, – and Dane, great job uh, filling in. If that's if that's what the uh, the terminology is, Andy, thank you for the nice words on Twitter. Eddie, always great to see you. 
we appreciate that. Thank you. So I've, I've had a blast tonight. And uh, anytime you guys need somebody to talk nonsense, just let me know. That's Dave Johnson, Nonsense the Ref. Check him out. We're going to wrap this All Things Georgia show here. Film Don't Lie comes next here from UGA Sports. So you get more of me. Brent Rollins will come in and we'll talk about Georgia's uh, game against Georgia Tech. Also previewing Alabama. Going to be double live here starting in just a few minutes and then also at 9 o'clock. So, Joe Grana uh, said hello. Will do. We'll tell yes. Doc Rollins. I love Doc. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best. All right, everyone. Have a good night.